Have you got your, um, your Christmas shopping done? How many, of you, how many of you are finished? You're completely done with the gifts. You got all of that done. How many of you still need a couple of gifts? Just a few. Okay, it's about half and half. I'm, I just need a couple of things. Um, so I'm going to help you out a little bit, okay? I'm going to make some suggestions. You know, there's always that person that you have on your list that's just really hard to buy for. They've got everything or you don't know what to get them. I have some suggestions that I think would be just the right gift for that special person in your life. For the guy in your life, I don't think there is anything that says Christmas like a new car. And I'm going to suggest Gotti Veron. It's a, the Super Sport model. Um, it goes 267 miles an hour top end. It'll do 0 to 60 in 2.5. If you're like me and you've got to get somewhere in a hurry, um, this, this is your car, and you can get it now. It's at a bargain price for 25 million dollars and I think that's just a beautiful beautiful car very practical I don't know if it has back seats or a trunk or anything but it's got that other seat you can put things in so I'd, I suggest that for the for the man in your life uh, for the ladies that special lady in your life I suggest this diamond drop necklace I found this on eBay um, it's, it's for sale uh, today for seventy six thousand nine hundred and fifteen dollars absolutely gorgeous I'm thinking about it. I'm think. I'm bidding. I'm bidding. Uh, it's set in platinum. Just a gorgeous piece of jewelry. If jewelry's really not what she needs, and you think, no, nah, she's got a lot of stuff like that. Uh, don't really need that. Perfume is very Christmas romantic as well. Um, and I, I think it would be nothing that would be better than her own perfume. So how about this? This is... House of Creed Bespoke Fragrance Journey. Doesn't that just sound wonderful? And it comes with two first-class tickets to Paris, five-star hotel lodging, all meals, use of a limo, tours around the museums and, and famous spots. And then they actually create your own personal fragrance uh, so that nobody else smells just like you. And some of you guys are thinking, I got that already, right? Yeah. <laughs> However, this, um, this can be bought today. You can go online this afternoon and get this Neiman Marcus for $475,000. That better smell like really, really good. Four hundred seventy-five grand. Okay. Uh, if you like to travel, um, we always go back to Bethlehem for Christmas. <laughs> Not really. Uh, but um, if you like to travel, Virgin Galactic has a round trip into outer space. Wouldn't that make a great Christmas card to take that from outer, you know, those family Christmas cards? It's 200000 a apiece uh, round trip. Uh, and I'm not sure if you can use your frequent flyer miles or not. But anyway, that would be a great, that'd be a great trip. And I saved the, the best for last. But would you like to know what is, as far as I know, the, the world's most expensive Christmas present that I could find for sale? Some of you high rollers, uh, you know, you maybe want to spend a little more. It's, it's this. It's the Phoenix 1000. Check that out. That is a 213-foot personal submarine. 
down to 2,000 feet. It's 5,000 square feet on the inside. You can see it has a little swimming pool up there. I'm not sure how that works when you go under and you come up, if it's like seawater or what, but I'm sure they've got that figured out. You can put your car inside there, and it is a bargain today at $78 million. So uh, those are just some ideas. Uh, you need to get your, get your phones out and, and go ahead and start shopping. Uh, that would be, I just want to look at, I just want to see that. I don't even want to have to own it. I just want to know that it's out there and it exists. Those are some pretty cool gifts, some pretty expensive gifts. That, I think, is the most expensive gift in history. But it's not the most valuable gift. And it's not the most costly gift gift. The gift I want to talk about today, because this is what you're going to be, you know, you've been thinking about it for the last week or two, and you will be thinking about it up until Thursday, you know, thinking, oh, I, got, oh, I forgot, you know, oh, Uncle Bob, or, you know, one, that one other person, and you, you need to run out and get a scarf or a tie or something, you know, and fill in those gaps. Um, but there is a gift, and it's so precious, and that is God's gift to us, God's first Christmas gift. It's the most valuable and most costly gift ever given. And the ironic thing is that it's absolutely free for us. I don't know if you realize or ever thought about the fact that, you know, we think, why did we get into this? You know, this is kind of stressful, always giving gifts. Who who can with that? Well, just like we talked about the Christmas tree last week, I, I think I think it was God's idea, and he gave that first gift. And that gift was a person named Jesus. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave, that he gave his son. And Jesus was willing to be given. He was complicit. And so there's this whole, this whole act of grace where he gives us his son so that we can be saved. And it's just this beautiful, um, more than a picture, it's this gift. So Luke takes us all the way back to that first Christmas to tell us, what do you do, you know, when you give a gift and you receive a gift? Some of you, you, you know, a lot of, many of you taught your children, what do you say? You know, say thank you. And, you know, this whole thing about how to give a gift and how to receive a gift. And uh, you, you want to do that well. So I'm going to talk about that. Just how, what about this gift that God has given us in his son Jesus? Well, the first thing that came to me about a gift is that we anticipate it. You know, there's this anticipation of just the joy. You kind of know, some of you know what you're going to get, and you wish you could go ahead and have it, and, you know, you you, you just can't wait, and you look forward to it. Well, listen to this. This is in Luke chapter 2, and in verse 10. It says, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Uh, And literally it means stop Stop being so scared. They were just shaking. And he said, stop, stop, just calm down. I bring you good news of great joy, of joy. And that's the word I would circle, of joy that will be for all people. It's a gift for everybody. That Christmas angel announced to the world 2,000 years ago that Christmas is really all about the joy. It's about the joy. I want you to think about it. There are more smiles more laughter, you will go to uh, more parties, you will see more family, and I know for some of you, you think, what's your point? Because <laughs> sometimes that's joyful, and sometimes it's 
little stressful, but it's, it's a lot of fun. I mean, have you ever thought about that, that there's so much that occurs around this season, more so than all the rest of the year? And the reason uh, that we have, you know, all this joy, you know, and it changes. The way we give and receive gifts changes as we mature. Do you remember when you were little, and maybe some of you are kind of still at this place, and you think about Christmas, and you can't wait to see what you're going to get. You know, and you go to the mall, or you go to Bass Pro Sports, or somewhere where there's a Santa, and you tell him what you want, and you're kind of scared of him, and you're not real sure about that. You remember that feeling? And, and you, you make this request, or you talk to your parents, and you, you've got it in your head, and you just, can't, you just can't stop thinking about it. Now, at our house, we had this tradition, and we opened one gift on Christmas Eve. So you could pick out one wrapped gift under the tree. Now, the next day, gifts would just magically appear that weren't wrapped, you know, but a lot of them were already wrapped. And wow, such a hard decision. You had to choose carefully, and you'd, you'd look at one. And, and uh, my parents were the kind, they were kind of pranksters, you know, so put a brick in one, or they would, you know, oversize one. or th- You know, so you couldn't really figure it out. You never knew. And you'd shake, and you'd tilt it, and you'd listen to it, you know, and just look at it. And I can remember looking at those gifts under the tree and thinking, what is that? What, which one should I open? And just that anticipation of the gift. But it was all about what you're going to get. Then Christmas morning, you know, and at our house, we would line our kids up at the top of the stairs, and we'd get the camcorder ready, which was about this big at that time, and it was, we thought it was so high-tech, and we'd wait, and they would be like, come on, and I'm like, wait, I got four more cords to plug in, and, you know, I can make sure everything's ready, you know, that whole process, and you finally get all that ready, and like, okay, action, you know, and they come running down the stairs, because they're excited about what they're going to get, and they burst into the family room, you know, in our den, and and there's all from one thing to the next, just to see what it is that they're going to get, that anticipation. But as you get older, it changes. And we all still like to get gifts, but you begin to think about what you're going to give, right? Those of you with children, those of you with grandchildren, and you think about them, and you think about, oh, when they get this, he has no idea this is coming. Like, my grandson and my children, they have no idea about the four-wheeler that Riley's going to get. It's just going to be awesome. You know, I just can't wait. He's small, but, you know, it's not the biggest one they had. But, you know, you think about that. You think about the gifts that other people are going to get from you, what you're going to give. It just changes as you grow up a little bit, but it brings that joy. 2 Corinthians nine fifteen, and this is out of the Living Bible, says this. Thanks be to God for his gift, which is just too wonderful for words. It's just too, you can't even describe it or think about that gift that he gave us. And the name of that gift was Yeshua in Hebrew or Jesus in Greek or Jesus in Spanish. and all the languages, we say Jesus. That's his gift. So you anticipate this gift, and you can't wait, and finally it comes, and you get it, and you celebrate the gift. Have you seen the video that's going around? I should have, I should have brought it for you today. Uh, the little boy who wants a tablet, but he has no idea he would get one, and, he, and they give him a cutting board, 
Have you seen this? It's in Latin America. And he, and he looks at it and he goes, oh, thank you. I can cut my vegetables on this cutting board. It's such an awesome cutting board. And you're looking at it going, a cutting board? What kind of gift is that to give to, you know, like an 11-year-old boy or something? You know, but he, and then they bring out this other gift. And it's, I don't know if it's like an iPad or a Galaxy or something. But he just begins to weep. And he just hugs. His, and he just keeps saying thank you again and again and again. He just can't believe it. He just can't believe that he's got this gift. He just celebrates it. And, and you just see and feel that emotion. First of all, you just fall in love immediately with this kid. You can Google it and find it out there. Search for it on YouTube. Because um, it's, it's, like I say, it's kind of making all those social media rounds. But he's just so appreciative of, of that gift that he gets. He never dreamed he would get. And in a bigger way, in a deeper, stronger way, I feel that way. I feel that way. To know that God gave Jesus. So we know what happens. I mean, you've seen it. You've been there when a child is thinking about a gift. And he's just been dying to open it for weeks. And that day comes. And a aunt who we would all gather at my grandparents' house on Christmas morning. And she insisted she would take each gift and say, This one is from Dan from... Grandma and Grandpa. And we're like, come on, you know, and all my cousins are there. But she just let, and one gift at a time, you know. And this gift is from, Aunt, you know, and I'm like, just give us the gifts, you know. And you just can't wait. You just wanted to tear into them. And you've all kind of been in that moment where you just wanted to do that. Because the, until that presence open and the anticipation is realized and becomes celebration, becomes celebration, you know why that is? Have you ever? Because we're wired for gifts. That's nobody ever had to teach you to like getting gifts or to even like giving gifts. Human beings are the only creatures on the planet who have a desire to give gifts. I think that's because we are made in the image of God. And we get that from him, that small place in us, that place in us that's like him. We want to give and receive gifts like he does. God gave Jesus. And he gave a gift that calls for this ultimate celebration. And here's why. Because the best Christmas gift you can give anybody basically does two things. First of all, it expresses the love of the one who gives the gift. You know, it's, oh, you got, oh my, you, you got this for me? I mean, you know, it just, it immediately says that. And secondly, it meets a need of somebody who's receiving the gift. Oh, this is just what I wanted. This is, how did you know? Or you did know because I told you, or I dropped a lot of hints, you know, and you just, and you get this gift. So it, it's, it's all of that wrapped up. And the greatest love gift that was ever, ever given was Jesus. Because Jesus meets the greatest need any human being ever had or ever will have. And that is the need for forgiveness, for love, for mercy, and for grace. We needed desperately to be forgiven of our sin. And for that sin... And the shame and the pain and the guilt that comes with that 
to be erased, to be canceled. That was our gift. I said this last year, if our greatest need had been knowledge, God would have given us a teacher. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have given us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have given us an, an, an econ, <laughs> economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have given us an entertainer. But our, native, our greatest need was forgiveness. So God gave us a savior. Christ isn't, is not only the greatest Christmas gift ever given. He's the most unique gift. For this reason, God's Christmas gift to us is the only gift ever given that everybody can celebrate. That ever, I mean, normally gifts are unique to the person who receives the gift. You know, you've gotten gifts and think, oh, that's really, you know, some of you are fishermen and uh, somebody gives you a putter or a, or a box of Pro-V1 golf balls, and you think, well, thank you, and you know enough because your mama taught you, oh, thank you so much. You have no idea what you're going to do with them. And the same thing with golfers. You know, you give them, oh, Garcia, rod and reel. I, thank you. I hadn't been fishing since I was 12, but, you know, thank you. And what you wanted was a putter, you know, and so... Gifts are specific, and Jesus is the gift that fits everybody. It's, it's what we all needed. It's what we all wanted. There are three titles to this gift. Don't you? And this is so cool because it's just in this passage. Uh, I want you to see Savior, Christ, and Lord. These three never appear anywhere else in the Bible. Never anywhere else in the New Testament text. In all the Bible, this is the only time that these three titles are found together. And I think there's a reason for that. Because when this announcement was made, the Jews could celebrate because the Christ, the Messiah, was born. And that word literally means the anointed one. The one they have been waiting for and promised and all the prophecies surrounded. He has come. Heir to David's throne, finally, he's come, he's come. All the predictions have come true all throughout the Old Testament. So whenever a Jew came to understand this and believe it, it was time for celebration. Messiah has come. It is a gift that just fit them perfectly. And then Gentiles could celebrate because a Savior was born. No longer did a Gentile have to become a Jew and jump through hoops and go through this and do that or, you know, or to adopt Jewish practices in order to have a relationship with God. Now Gentiles and Jews alike could come to God through one person, Jesus, the gift. Those of us who are Gentiles, we were invited to the party. We were given a gift and nobody saw that coming that we would be included. A sinner needs a savior, no matter what your background, no matter where you're from, how you've grown up, what your story is. We're all the same in that. You may have grown up in a very religious home or a very pagan home or somewhere in the middle. You may be from the north or the south or the east or the west or another country. We all need a savior. And we celebrate because we've been given that. That's what God gave us. And, and all of this means that the whole world could celebrate because Jesus was born. 
more than just a Jewish Messiah, more than just a Gentile Savior, the Lord God of the entire world had come and said, this is for you. It's for all of you. It's for all of you. So the only response that's appropriate is celebration. It says this, And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he's pleased. It was for us. And you, I note something careful. I don't want you to miss this. The ones who celebrate his birth believed that he was really just who the prophecies say he was. He was the son of God. His birth signaled to the world this eternal hope for peace on earth and peace in men and women who would believe. There's one other thing that I think happens in this, this whole process where we anticipate the gift and we celebrate the gift. And after you get your gift, if you've ever been to a birthday party or Christmas party, what happens next? You look up and say, thank you. You know, you give sincere appreciation. You demonstrate gratitude for the gift. We all know there's this common courtesy and it's practiced by more people, I think, on Christmas Day than any other day uh, of the year. And that's thanking people for what they've given us. Thanking people for what they've done for you. Thank you so much. And even those people who aren't there, and you're not just exchanging gifts, but people who are important and precious in your life, maybe your parents or your grandparents, you will give them a call and say, hey, and on Christmas Day, you'll call and say, hey, just wanted to call and wish you a Merry Christmas and just tell you I'm thinking about you. And I just, I'm so glad you're in my life people you don't get to see. Maybe they live far away. You'll Skype them or FaceTime them or just, you know, give them a shout. And say, hey, Merry Christmas. I thank God for you. In fact, I think one of the rudest behaviors that anyone can display is not being grateful for a gift, right? Have you ever seen children do this and they kind of do it by accident and as a parent, you're just, oh, you're just embarrassed and mortified and the child opens a gift and goes, uh, a Bible, thank you. And then they go on to the next thing or they get clothes. Oh, socks. Thank you, Aunt Wanda, for the socks and the T-shirt. That's awesome. And you move on. You go, no, no, look. Thank, say, what do we say? You know, and you try to instill that in them because we know, oh, it's so rude. You've got to be grateful. You've got to be appreciative. I think this is exactly the situation that the majority of the world has done with God's Christmas gift to us. Even for many people who will open Christmas gifts over this next week, the vast majority will leave God's gift unopened, unwrapped, you know, unreceived. Do you know when Christmas really happens for you and for me? It happens that moment that we open our hearts and we receive God's Christmas gift. A couple of years ago, I told you about how I remember celebrating one Christmas and it was just in an ungodly way and just went to parties and it's really inappropriate. That's, I'll just leave it at that. But, you know, it was about Christmas. To me, it was just so ironic that it, would, it, it was like a spike in sinful behavior <laughs> celebrating 
one of the most holy events. And, you know, you just think, how could you do that? And just from one year to the next, when in between around Easter, when I gave my heart to Christ and realized this was God's gift to me, I was sitting in a restaurant not far from here, and a, and a friend was having a hard time getting his mind around what Christianity was and what it meant to have Jesus in your life. And, and I just quoted Ephesians 2, 8 to 10. And, and in that passage, he says, it is a gift. I'll never forget the guy putting his fork down his plate. And he looked up and he goes, it's a gift. It's a gift. And I said, yes, it's a gift. He'd been brought up in a religion that was really... Uh, heavily, you know, it emphasized works and you got to be good and you got to do this and there's always this balancing of the scales and well, I think I'm good enough and oh, I kind of messed up and so it's tipped back the other way. I got to go back out and do this and he just constantly lived in that stress and some of you, maybe you live there. You just live there. But for me, that change within that year and the next Christmas realizing, wow, what a gift. And it's for me, and it's for you. And the best thing you can do is receive that gift and to open it because God sent Jesus just for you. Just for you. When you turn your heart into like a manger and you allow him to come in, and to be born new and fresh in your life, then you're going to get Christmas next time. You're going to understand. I know, and you know, we always complain about how commercialized Christmas has gotten. And uh, we, I mean, we talk about it every year. Uh, I, I mean, 1947 movie Miracle on 34th Street. Am I saying that? Yeah, 34th Street. I got my streets wrong. Uh, Miracle on 34th Street, that someone laments in the movie, oh, how Christmas is just not what it used to be, and it's gotten so commercial. And I thought, in 1947 it was commercial? Because I always think that's when everybody looks back to. So I wonder if one day we'll look back and go, I wish Christmas was like it was back in 2014. Wow, those were the days. You guys will do that. You'll say, well, back when I was a kid. Seriously? But we just think it's really gotten, you know, so far off track. And somewhere in us, we kind of know, at your, in your heart of hearts, you kind of know that it's really not about all the stuff we've made it about. It's not just about the gifts that we give each other, which can become one of the most expensive and one of the most stressful times of the year. And you're trying to figure out what to give people, especially in America, when they've already got shelves and closets and drawers and boxes of stuff, you know, already. And you think, what else can we give each other? And at some point you think, I don't think it's about that, because it's not. It's about the gift. God's Christmas gift, the first gift. And I'm going to encourage you, if you haven't already, to unwrap and receive Jesus into your life. on the authority of scripture but I can say it just out of my life and my heart it's the best gift you'll ever receive your entire life it just changes everything so here's what I want you to do you know last week I said every time you look at a Christmas tree I want you to remember God's tree 
the cross. I want you to just kind of let that go through your mind and say, oh, God, thank you for your tree. Thank you for the first Christmas tree, the cross. Every time you open gifts, I hope it just flashes through your mind. God, thank you for your gift. This is just a reflection, a cheap, a poor imitation uh, of your gift to us. And that's why we do this. I hope that goes through your mind. Every time you open something, you'll be reminded of God's gift to us. Would you stand and let's just pray together. Father, I don't know where to begin. Most of us have been surprised by a unique and special gift at some point in our life that we didn't dream someone would give us. And yet we walk right past this most beautiful gift that you've given us. I pray that not one person in this room would let another Christmas go by without receiving the gift. The gift you gave us through Christ. Father, we thank you for Jesus. Jesus, we thank you for being complicit. We thank you for coming and for being the gift, for giving yourself on our behalf so that we could be saved. All the shame and the guilt and the sin be washed away once and for all. Thank you for Christmas. Thank you for loving us so much in such an extraordinary and extravagant way. We love you. We receive you with open hearts.